Good morning. We'll be in Romans 14 this morning. If you want to turn there. Pastor Lynn said you had a picture of our log camp you can put up here. You can do that now if you'd like. There we are. Cool, eh? As usual, the wonderful time, and you know we're all going to say that because it was. Um... No one, though, can understand the spiritual um, ah, I don't even know how to put it in words, but the spiritual that takes place in a wicked man, uh, men iron sharpening iron, and men just having a really good time working together. By the way, those two young men on the top of that it's a trailer filled with uh, logs. They sawed and uh, stacked all of that on Monday, <laughs> just one day. And uh, uh, it was really, really a blessing. I know that you're waiting to hear about my time at MIM, and so I'm going to oblige you this morning and figure in on... Uh, my week uh, started out well, but by Tuesday I had such a pain and think something going on back here and no energy and, uh, you know, uh, even uh, grumpier than usual. So I uh, made a tongue depressor out of a piece of cedar I had and went to Dr. Lynn back there and said, I need you to look in my mouth and see what's going on. And he saw what looked like infection back here and suggested I go to urgent care. So I did, and they said, yes, you're partial, because they've been working on my teeth. It doesn't fit like it should anymore. has caused an infection back there, a sore infection, and you need to take your teeth out and don't put them back in until you see your dentist and put me on penicillin. So that was pretty much the beginning of my week. It ended with uh, my losing my hearing aids out in the woods, in the leaves. And there's an impossibility, but this one man who was aggravating everybody looking for one small item this big run into my hearing aid. Now, I didn't say anything about it. I just left, and I had taken my sweatshirt off. Sometimes I lose them there, and uh, um, I had taken off some hearing muffs out. But I didn't say anything out where we all were, but I didn't say anything. So he found that. He didn't even know I'd lost it. And uh, so now I knew where I lost them, and the rest of the men looked, and finally uh, this same man, um, Jesse Hopeful, he uh, looked in that same area and lo and behold found the other one. 
I mean, that, that's like a needle in a haystack, folks. And uh, so anyway, that was, and then I learned uh, before I got home and, find, uh, and, and eventually uh, come to the conclusion that while I was gone, our well dried up. Now, my wife generally doesn't use that much water, but she must have been doing something. I don't know whether she's selling it or what, but uh, I get home, I want a good hour shower. And uh, it was turn the water on and soap up and turn it off and then turn the water on and rinse off. And uh, so if I'm still a little offensive this morning, that's the reason for that. But then, Saturday night, every man gets their testimony of the week, what had happened and through their week. And uh, the really sad part of this year's mem is the men that are hurting and going through trials and tribulation, and uh, yet how much they needed camp and the encouragement of other men and how they were filled and really uh, helped through our work, week together. And then, as far as I'm concerned, and of course it was the high, highlight of my week, we invited a new man, uh, uh, and he turned out to be a brilliant man, extremely intelligent, smart, a lot of wisdom and everything. And he stood up there and he said, you men need to know the treasure you have in Dan Walgast. <laughs> the wisdom and understanding that he has. And he went on, you know, and I interrupted him once. I said, I've been trying to tell these guys this for years. <laughs> and um, anyway, it was... It was really special, but when he got done, I, told, I had to tell him, I said, no, you don't have to tell these men. They've expressed this in many different ways to me over the years, because most of them I've known through the years. And I, I told him, I said, they, they get a little disrespectful to me, especially out here at the log camp, uh, when I have to... Uh, change it from the, a pastor into a uh, work boss. And, uh, but they do, they do have hearts of gratitude towards what I have shared with them of the Lord Jesus Christ over the years. I say these things, of course, to be playful because my guys, if you mind me calling you that, they know that I know that if there's anything good in me, it's because of Jesus Christ and what he has given me and what he has done in, in my life. It comes from knowing and believing God, my Father. I also like to share things like this because I know it makes some people mad. <laughs> It's very clear in Scripture that a man standing fast in the freedom we have in Christ will have enemies. And I believe it's good to poke them every once in a while. The religious don't like us. The religious don't like us. 
probably hate us more sometimes than the unsaved, and many of the religious aren't saved. But those who live by rules, thinking it's righteous to live by rules. One commentator writes the following, The greatest tragedy of church history is that men forgot that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And while they thought instead that it meant rule and authority. They build up a false theology and their councils and synods become arenas of contest for power. In dispensational grace churches, we were taught the kingdom of God is the earthly kingdom, and much of the time it is. But as we look at Romans 14 and verse, well, let's start with 16. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. When God, my father, finally enlightened me on this verse and all I knew the kingdom of God by in teaching was it referred to the millennial kingdom, the thousand-year reign of Christ, and it had nothing to do with us. And with I saw and was enlightened by these few verses, I almost fell out of my high chair. This is exciting. This is what I'm learning in my heart, and this passage proves it. You see, the kingdom of God is where God is in control. The kingdom of God is where God is in control. In the millennial kingdom, guess who's going to be in control? Jesus Christ. But what about today? Today, it is the kingdom of God is in our hearts, and it's where we regard God in our actions, in our mind, uh, as we go about life. It puts him in control. Father, what is it that you want in my life in this area and, and whatever? And, and time goes by, it became, becomes a part of our life. We don't think... Um, How it, we don't just think about it, it becomes a part of our lives. My Father's in control. His word is the truth. And what is it, Father, that you want me to do in whatever situation? It becomes a part of our life. So the grace of the kingdom of God is where we regard God in our hearts. We have come to the place of Romans 12, one and two, and we have seen the awesomeness of God through the first 11 chapters of Romans. We have seen a God there is no reason we can't put our trust in, our faith in, our lives in. And now, Lord, why would I want to live my life my way any longer? And we begin to live by faith. 
in questionable things in the context of our passage, we yield to him um, we yield to him in whatever comes into our life. And as we look at our especially our verse um, verse seventeen, the first thing we see is for the kingdom of God is not food and drink. The kingdom of God is not food and drink. In other words, the kingdom of God is not for you and I to decide what our brothers and sisters should be doing and what they should be eating and what they shouldn't be eating. It's not rules and regulations. God has taken us out of that. When he has his heart, we don't need that. We just need to know the truth and the truth for us today and that and his presence in our life. We have that little box we create to judge others by. We bring it over from uh, being lost or religion into uh, being saved. And we bring that little box of how we judge, you know, uh, uh, how's this person measuring up to the, uh, the truth, what they think the truth. We have this little box, and, it, and the box is made by rules and regulations, and it's basically to protect me. If I can tell or see where you're wrong, I'm in my little box telling me that, you know, that's because I'm right. And it's a horrible place to live. It's a horrible place, because that's the way we go through life. Rather than looking at, Father, what is your perspective? What is your heart towards this person in my life. See, rule number one, thou shalt not eat donuts. Rule number two, you definitely shall not eat two donuts. As we think of an illustration I gave in the past, that was somebody's judging my wife and I. And you're not fitting in my little box right now, and it upsets me. <clears throat> he, they could have ate two dozen donuts. We'd have felt bad for them because of what it would have done to their health, but uh, <laughs> we, we wouldn't have judged them. We're free to make up our own mind. And since we haven't boxed God in, he can and will guide us in what is good for us. This is what we need to understand. Boxes not only shut out people, but they shut out God. I don't look up, I just look this way. I just look at you, I just look at others, I look at what you're doing and judging whether I think this is right or wrong. <laughs> and one day, uh, we're going to see what was right and wrong and everything, and there will be so many people that have been surprised at no, these things I can't reward you for. I very clearly said that I'll be the judge, and you became the judge, and these things uh, I can't reward you for them. This is a weakness in our life and something that we uh, all struggle with. Uh, don't let anybody tell you differently. We all do. And we have to be aware of that. And again, from time to time, Lord, am I right in this? Or actually, 
we know our, we're wrong already, and that's why we don't go to him about it, because uh, we know it's wrong and uh, because of him. So then we get in, go into the positive and the beauty of uh, what the kingdom of God is. And number one, the kingdom of God is righteousness. Uh, I want you to look real close at your Bible. I've seen a lot of versions of the Bible. I've never seen one that uh, the kingdom of God is self-righteousness. <laughs> and that's why he's going here next. It's not self-righteousness, it's righteousness. What's right? That's what righteousness is, and what's right is what he tells us in his word. That's what righteousness is. We are serving Christ when we're in his righteousness. It's it. it's, uh, verse 18 shows us it's what's acceptable to God and approved by men. That's what righteousness is. I've talked about it, I bring it up often, maybe too often. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we tend to tell God what righteousness is and what's right rather than looking to Scripture and His Spirit in our hearts. Um, and we have that little box, we have a closed fist. We have a closed fist. God wants to bless us, but I know, that's what's here, I know. I know what he's doing, what she's doing is wrong, whatever. That she should be better, that he should be better. I know the truth. And again, that's all outside of, of, of the grace of God. And then when we go down our own path of righteousness, we have a, a, a heart like this, that isn't open to God's blessing. He can't bless us there. I use this in this illustration at camp this week, and I had Pastor Kern do this, hold his fist, and I took out a $100 bill, and I says, okay, with that fist taken, of course, he reached across with his other hand, no, 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 no. Uh, you can't do it. You can't take and, and receive the blessings of God when you're basically shaking your fist at him, you're basically saying, no, you're not right, God, in this. You're wrong in this. And I know I'm right, and therefore I want you to bless me in what I know that I am right in. And he can't do it. He won't do it. As we said, it just shall live by what? Believing God. And so then we wonder why things keep going wrong, things there's so much junk going on in our homes and every other place. And why isn't God doing something? And he's saying, why aren't you believing me? <laughs> A good example today is, uh, uh, and we talked about this a little bit, but wives ruling the husband-wife relationship. God says No. I can't bless you when you're doing that. My plan is for the husband to rule and to lead in the household. My plan is for him to do it graciously and loving his wife as Christ loved the church. But that's my plan. And when you, wife, 
take over the leadership and then ask me to bless you, I can't. I can't. I won't. You're not believing me. You're not believing that, that, that it's that sweet spirit that I've called you to. That's what's going to open that. You open that hand in that area and Lord, and take it to the Lord. Lord, this is a problem. And you uh, take your role and that God has given you. And uh, most, if not all, our ladies here know that. But I can't bless this. I can't bless this. And I see this over and over and over of women doing all kinds of manipulation, thinking they're in God's will when you can go to all kinds of passages. And we use excuses. Well, Paul hated women. That's why God gave him the scripture to fulfill. No, nothing about Paul's life adds up to that. No, God gave him that. And those who willingly surrender their lives and give it over to God, put him in charge, let him be the king of our hearts, they begin to experience that. They open their hand and, Lord, I don't like what's going on right now. I don't like the way he is right now. Uh, my wife was close to divorcing me in 85. Uh, her pa <laughs> our pastor told her that that's a no-no, and she didn't like that, but uh, uh, that's what took place. But uh, she opened her mind and heart to him, and uh, God truly worked in my life, and uh, that all changed. We have a, and this is what I really spend time with the men at camp on, is we've been married 53 years and it's life of together today is so precious and so sweet and our love for each other has grown so much and uh, uh, but see the majority of people never experience that they'll never experience that because they go through life like this I want it to be different and even in cheers but that opening up to the truth and Lord use me change my heart and let me be what you want me to be and it's the same of course with men we're called to love our wives as Christ loved the church and we can't go in there like this that's not love that's fixer how many times as pastor and a teacher at Berean Bible Institute, I've had uh, one spouse or the other come to me and say, Pastor, fix this woman of mine or fix this man of mine. They don't say it in that way. They just tell of all their spouse's faults and that I must have some kind of magic formula to fix them. No. <laughs> Starts here with each individual. And when people truly come to that place in their life, God does miracles. He does miracles today, and he has my wife and I, and uh, yeah, and that's all you could call it. Righteousness is what's right in God's eyes. In our context, again, it is extending grace to the weak and allowing the weak to grow. So very important. 
The kingdom of God is peace. The kingdom of God is peace. Living in the kingdom of God today means rest in our hearts. It means rest in our hearts. Chuck Swindoll, I heard this years ago. Uh, We go through life with that um, wash machine of emotions, especially the old kind, you know, where the clothes really go through uh, the mill to get clean. And that's what we have. We worry about this. We worry about that. We, what about this? And um, what about that? And we imagine things that might happen and, and other things. And, and our, our hearts are always in a turmoil. And I remember that in my own life. And upon salvation, what did I have? I was no longer an enemy of God. So there was a peace, like peace. There was a war going on. There was a war going on in my life. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know why. The war was against God. I was his enemy. I didn't want anything to do with him. I was very local about it. And uh, then I was given the gospel, and I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior And there was that peace. I no longer had to fear God. And what wonderful God he is that while I was his enemy, his son died for me. Philippians 4, and then it comes into our life. He gives us rest in our lives. Many of us never go to our Father to get that rest. Uh, we go to somebody asking for for something, but never really truly going to him with uh, what's on our hearts and asking for his peace and rest. You see, rest, we have rest when we go to our Father, even, even through trials and tribulations. There's still a rest in our heart, not an anxiety, not a worry and things like that, but there's a rest person who is living in the kingdom of God for today. And we see this in in, uh, Philippians chapter 6. We need to start at 5. Let your gentleness be known at all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, you seldom ever see this. this, this, The Lord is at hand is put with what came. But I totally believe that it's with what's to come as well and even probably more important. We go to the Lord. Is he up there past the universe? It goes on there for miles that we don't even, or light years that we can't even comprehend? Or is he here? When I go to the Lord, is he here? Or is he way off someplace? When he is my father, I go right into him and follow through what he says here. Be anxious for nothing. All right? That's what a friend will tell you. Well, don't worry about it. <laughs> How much does that help? Not a whole lot. But it, Paul says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And what happens? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, is Paul talking out his hat? Is he talking about what might happen? It doesn't look like that kind of worrying here, does it? 
No, it says will. The peace of God will, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And there's, there's so much in, the, in this verse here. Number one surpasses all understanding. We can study the Bible from here, from a five-year-old till we get to 105, trying to learn and know that peace of God, and you will never come up with it. It passes understanding. It passes studying to, to know some stuff. No, it says the Lord is at hand. Uh, give it to him. And Father, this is the way I feel. I, I, I feel awful here. This turmoil is here. Uh, I'm anxious about what's going to happen or what is happening or whatever. And I need you to what? Take this from me. Lift this from my heart. And you know what? He does. He does. But see, how is it again we approach him? Do we approach him with, again, that far-off God, or do we approach him that he's here, he's present, he loves me, and he wants to bless me with peace in my heart? If you notice, this passage begins, actually, with squabbles between a couple of women. And Paul brings that out, two and three, I implore Yodia and implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. See, these ladies, they need Romans 14. Whatever's going on in their life, if it was specific, whatever, Paul would have dealt with it. But that's, this is where he goes into what? Be anxious for nothing. Take it to your father and let him give you rest. In the kingdom of God, verse 7 becomes a reality. I, uh, it's interesting how he'll do this when you believe it. We were going to have a congregational meeting. Uh, the next day was Saturday at, at the first church I served. And there were some little things going on, but I didn't expect anything, wasn't uh, in fear of it or anything. But there, my mind was in a turmoil, and I wasn't sure why. And I took it to the Lord, and I gave it to him and asked again, him to lift this from me. And the next day at the congregational meeting, <laughs> I'm glad there were gu weren't guns and knives there. And, uh, and I was so at peace through it all, although I was the one under attack, that woman said, what pride in that man. Just look at him. See, she had no idea, no his peace. It was a piece of God that he'd given me the day before so that I could get filled with his peace and his grace and work through things with the people who were uh, tired of my role there at church. 
When we live in the kingdom of God, we have joy in the Holy Spirit. We have joy in the Holy Spirit. And folks, this means no matter what the circumstances. If you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, we'll see the man that penned these words and some interesting things that... Uh, about him, Second Corinthians 11, beginning verse 23. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. And labors more abundant, and stripes above measure, and prisons more frequently, and deaths often. From the joy Jews, five times I re- received 40 stripes minus one. Five times. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation? If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. And Paul also says, knows that one day we're all going to be there together and you're going to see I wasn't lying. I don't think he said it that way, but he's getting pretty upset when he penned these words. Uh Paul knew the joy of the Lord through all of this. He knew the joy of the Lord through all of this. So you, you still have the joy of the Lord in your sufferings. Verses 19 and 20 of the same chapter, in fact, reveals why he had to, to write this. For you put up with fools gladly, since you yourselves are wise. For you put up with it if one brings you into bondage. One brings you into bondage, out of the freedom of the grace of God, into bondage. That's what we talked about earlier, rules and regulations. If one devours you, if one takes from you, if one exalts himself, if one strikes you on the face. Scripture tells us that a fool does not know God in his heart. The Corinthians were regarding were not guard, regarding God in their hearts, and this is very important. And again, and I want to say this first is the people in my life that know me know that if there's anything good about me, it's because of what Jesus Christ has done, and. Uh, I have to uh, go back to when, uh, in 1987, when uh, my neck was broken in a car accident. And I always have fun with it and did it out at campus week. uh, If the Lord had come to me and said, 
I'm gonna, Dan, I'm going to block, I'm going to bless the socks off you. I'm going to break your neck this morning. And the first thing I would have done is went to, you know, uh, Justin Lynn back there could use some blessings. Uh, you, why don't you give him that blessing? But he didn't do that. He just allowed that to happen in my life. And because of what he is showing me about himself and where he had brought me, at that time in my life, it was the most blessed time of my life. I was three, three days in ICU, couldn't move. They wouldn't let me move. I didn't know what I was gonna, what was gonna come out of this or anything, you know. But it turned out I was several months in a body brace and um, five months out of work and and everything. And yet, what God did in and through me through that, and it was a joyous time. It was, you know, one bad day I had was. We were down in Florida because an insurance man said, you can travel with you if you want to like that. And uh, the Mayo Clinic down there was supposed to relieve me of my body brace. And uh, they said the, the um, radiation, the x-rays, there we go. The x-rays don't show us enough. We don't know enough about this. So you're going to have to wear it until you get back home, which is another month. I had a bad day. Sheila straightened me out, and we went on. But it was a blessed time. Two people that I know of got saved. It really drew. We had a, I had an insurance man. They give you a guy to, or a person to get you back to work as fast as they can so you're, you're not taking advantage of, you know, your time off. <laughs> and it wasn't very long that he learned I was more concerned about him than I was me. I just... You know, whatever, I don't care. I'll go back to work tomorrow if I could. And uh, and through time, uh, I uh, believe he came to the Lord and uh, another boy. Uh, but what a blessed time. And and people, I went, we went down to counseling down in Texas to counselor training. And everybody there, what are you guys doing here? What are you doing here like that? Well, why not? They told me I could travel. Why not? Why can't I be here? God has done some things in my life. I want to know better how to share it with others. I want others to be free like me, like I feel, like my heart is. And so that was the most blessed time in my life, most joyous, joyful, I think until I had my brain bleed and I was back in the hospital again. <laughs> you don't get this from the world. <laughs> and what my father knew what was going to happen, I didn't. He allowed me to go through it. My father, he had a plan for me in and through this. And there were terrible things. That's where I need to stress. There were terrible things that happened to me. I went into seizures and, 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 and woke up completely paralyzed in my left side and all kinds of things that weren't good and weren't pleasant and for other people would have suffered terribly. And I just looked, God, what you got in plan for me through this? What are we going to do here? What, you know? And uh, <laughs> I had a wonderful time in a hospital. I made all kinds of new friends, got to share the Lord with people and uh, just get to know them and things. And uh, 
my pet, my doctor, excuse me, <laughs> he turned out to be a really godly uh, Christian man. And uh, he told me one day, he says, you know, nobody in here has an attitude like you have. <laughs> and uh, uh, people come to visit me to cheer me up, and they'd leave encouraged or baffled. <laughs> this guy lost his mind because of that brain bleed or what? No, no, my God is in charge. I let him have control of my heart. And it was so good. And, I, and, and, and I'm going to just say this, and again, I want you to see what, what this means and all the nurses and the doctors and the janitors, whatever they call them today, um, when you come back for your checkup, you make sure you get up here to this, our ward, whatever they call it, and see us. And you know how people say that. They mean it at the time they say it, and then you get there and what are you doing here? And I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even say this if my wife wasn't a witness and you know that she doesn't lie. There's, there's a two aisles, two aisles cross, and they're big. There's a lot of room here. All right. When people found out I was there, there was such a crowd, people can't go through anymore. <laughs> uh, one woman put it, was on rehab with a guy and she come out, she said, I heard that laugh. And she started talking to me. I asked her, what about your patient in there? And he said, oh, I put him on break like he needed a break, you know. And she just stayed on. And, you know, it was awesome. And uh, only because of what God had done in my life. And that's what they knew about me. Because I had a big and wonderful God. And so, uh, again, people of Christ and people seeing a bigger God. And... Uh, that's what he do, does. The joy of the Lord was my strength. And we see in verse 18 back in our passage in Romans. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Approved by men, pe people that matter, people that can see and understand things, were acceptable to them. Again, lost people and religious people, not. But people of faith, especially, and many outside. But again, it's people, the more that they're regarding God in their hearts, in their lives, those are the people that are mainly, you know, um, approved by. There are others and plenty and plenty, you know, there are people, <laughs> uh, I don't want to say plenty, but there are men in the grace movement, they, they don't like me. We don't like free men. We don't like free people. You need to be following me. You need to be following what I believe, what I know. But we're approved by it people, uh, it's wonderful because of the God you know. And then uh, acceptable to God, and this is so very important, it's pleasing to God. There's no this I've got to do, but we're pleasing to God because why? We believe him. 
Doesn't that please you when somebody believes you? Doesn't that please you when your kids believe you? Sure it does. That's all they're talking about here. We please God because we believe him and we look to him to guide our lives. Believe him and he is in charge of our hearts. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for, number one, our relationship with such an awesome God that we're your children and you are our Father and you love and accept us completely, beautifully, and you bring us into, into a relationship that is so wonderful that we can come into your arms and, Father, I have this need and or what do you want me to do? What direction should I take? How should I respond to this brother that's weaker in the faith, this sister that's weaker in the faith? We can come to you about all these things. And Father, in your kingdom, we have righteousness, what's right in your eyes. We have peace. We have rest for our hearts. And we have joy. We are filled with your joy, Father, no matter what we go through and how we thank you for that, how we praise you for that. And Father, may we all be free and uh, you in charge of our hearts, Father, that we can help others to freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ as well. And how we praise you now, we thank you in your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. Amen.